What in the world is the New Age movement and how does it threaten the church today? And why do many people believe that Oprah Winfrey has emerged as one of the premier leaders of the movement? For the answer to these questions by one of Christendom's foremost experts on cultic movements, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy. Showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I am delighted to have back with me again this week my special guest, Eric Barger. Third week you've been here, Eric. It's great. Well, that's Feel like an old hand now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also glad to have Nathan Jones uh, with us to help interview Eric. Uh, Nathan is our web minister, and he is on that uh, site uh, every day of the week for about eight hours answering questions and talking with people all over the world. So you want to get acquainted with Nathan, just uh, email him through our website, ask him the question that you have, and he'll be back in touch with you. Nathan, why don't you start off with the first question? Sure. Well, your story is so interesting, your testimony and all. You started off in the church as a Christian, and then somehow you ended up in the New Age movement, which isn't Christian. How did that transition happen? And again, I'm still a little nebulous about the New Age movement. What is the New Age movement? Well, the, the transition took place, I came out of a, of a liberal church background. I say liberal. I was unsaved, but I went to church. And I'm not sure that the gospel is being preached there faithfully. It may have been. I'm just not sure. I just never met Jesus there. No one ever challenged me about a personal relationship. When I was about 13 or so, I started playing rock bands every Friday and Saturday night. I'd be out playing someplace. I was actually playing my first band when I was 11. Wow. Yeah. A local DJ heard about us, and I was kind of an anomaly at that age, you know, to be out playing in, in a band. But uh, that's where it started, and by the time I was 16 or so, I was a full-blown drug addict. By the time I was 21, I was involved in New Age philosophy. I moved to Seattle, a lot of New Age philosophy in Seattle. It became my religion. Now, I would have still said there's a God, and I believe there was probably a guy named Jesus, that kind of thing. But I had adopted Eastern mystic philosophies and techniques, the Yarrow Sticks, which you throw. It's a form of fortune-telling. The I Ching, which is a book that explains to you life from an Eastern viewpoint. And so I was into those kind of things. I was very much into astrology charts. Hmm. It wasn't a little tiny, tiny thing in the newspaper. By the way, I used to be an Aries, and now I'm a Christian. <laughs> but it wasn't a little thing in a newspaper. This was a scroll that had been made for me by a, a lady, use that term very loosely, who was a bona fide black witch. Hmm. And it, I literally would follow it. I was so superstitious by it, it controlled my life. Uh, when I was playing in the band, I would, literally would not go out of the hotel room door till I knew what my stars said for that day. Oh my! Wow. That's where I was at. Because so I was involved in occultism as much as determine your life. exactly. Yeah, you know, even though those things have no bearing on it, God, the God who created me and controls my life, He created those stars too. I don't need to look <laughs> at the stars. Amen. I need to look to the yeah. one who made them. You know. And a lot of people today, I meet Christians all the time who will make some statement about, oh, well, he's a Libra, he'll do this and he'll do that. And I'll go, no, it has nothing to do with it. You know, people don't, don't realize that uh, where they're putting their faith and trust. So is astrology a major component of the New Age movement? It's more so the occult. But the many cult. things that are occultic flow into the New Age, and many things that are cultic also flow into the New Age and in the occult. It's all, it's all in that, that genre of, of uh, uh, rebellious... 
spiritualism. That's maybe the best way to put it. Well, how would you define the New Age movement? It just seems so difficult to get your hands on it. It's uh, so amorphous. I'll give some some definitions. I think one of these will will stick with people. It's a westernized form of Eastern mysticism. Okay, very well put, yeah. And oftentimes it's not taught with a, the Maharishi or a figure like a Bhagwan or an Eastern mystic leader. Now it's taught with a college professor. And it's taught in business courses in our colleges. But it's a westernized form. It's put in our words. Some of the teachers and leaders on the PBS network, and we can start naming them by name, which I do in the DVDs and in my seminars, are teaching these things. And, and you look at who their leaders, their gurus are, are Eastern mystic gurus, but they're now westernizing this teaching, making it palatable to us, and they're, of course, making a fortune. So does this process. get into pantheism? It certainly does. You know, there are many, many gods, or that you have become part of one ethereal god force. Which yeah. is Hinduism, right? It, yeah, very this much is, so. But so Hinduism and Buddhism both flow in those. Most Americans yeah. wouldn't say, I'm a practicing Hindu. But many have adopted those philosophies as a way of life. Would you put the teaching, the spiritual mm-hmm. teachings of Shirley MacLaine, for example, into the New Age category? Certainly. She is out on a limb, just like her book says. I am God. Yeah, I am God. She would look into the uh, sold-out hotel ballrooms in the 80s when she was traveling and talking about it and say things like, I see the Christ in all of you, because she was talking about the Christ consciousness, the the part of the idea that that we're all a part of a big cosmic oneness. I call it the big cosmic blob. It's not very very romantic when you put it like that. And uh, Shirley MacLaine would say things uh, such as the Bible's been doctored and Jesus really was teaching... Uh, reincarnation when he mm-hmm. taught you must be born again and and again and again and again oh, and again. They and hijack first. Exactly. Yeah, right. uh, it's also a spiritual experience without the cost of repenting of your sin. And probably the best definition I can give is any system of belief that tells you to look inside of yourself to yourself for enlightenment, wisdom, and power is generically the new age. Now, mm. we look to the Holy Spirit who lives in us for enlightenment, wisdom, and power. But we are not God. In the New Age, you look to the spark of God, the God force within you, for enlightenment, wisdom, or power. is a very close uh, counterfeit. And this is, uh, this is across the board today. Doctors, <laughs> lawyers, scientists, PhDs, Nobel Prize winners, people of politicians, people of high mental capability. I, okay, I guess we could take the politicians out of that group, come to think of it. But, but people of high mental capability who, who believe in these philosophies because it works. And just because it works doesn't make it right. New Age philosophies do work because they're spiritually powered. They work. But by what spirit it works should be the question we ask. It works for the here and now, but in eternity... It doesn't work. No, not at all. And that's yeah. the thing. People are, are really, they want it now. Of course, we live in a culture that if the one drive through across the street isn't fast enough, we drive across yeah. to the other one that's faster. That's where we are as a culture. Well, it seems to me that uh, there is an, an overwhelm. the New Age movement indicates an overwhelming need of people to have something spiritual in their lives. They want some sort of spiritual expression, but they want one that makes no demands on their life. Yes. I mean, this yeah. is the Hollywood religion. Oh, yes, I'm religion, uh, you know, very religious. I, I sit and I meditate and I hum and I do all this. But I don't have any demands on my life in terms of morality or whatever. Uh, Jesus calls us to come to God through repentance. Yes. The New Age movement doesn't like that idea. Our <laughs> culture doesn't like the idea that we want a spiritual experience without the cost of repentance of our sins. 
Well, that happens to be one of the most unpopular words in all of Christianity today. Sure. Uh, you flip on TV and you see ministers of some of the largest churches in America who would never mention the word repentance because that might offend somebody. It's anti-growth. We wouldn't want to, <laughs> we wouldn't want people to think somehow we're unloving and telling them they've got to change, but that's what Jesus Or that they're calls. sinners. <laughs> yes. Sin, Satan, demons, hell, hell judgment, repentance. Blood. Those are, yeah. Exactly. Those words are all left out in many Christian circles, but that is, uh, that's the core message of Christianity that's being cut off at the knees. So, Christianity itself is being impacted by the New Age movement. It is. It is. And you know why? Because our culture has adopted the gospel of self as a religion. That's How many right. churches and are holding yoga? That's to gets me is that <laughs> yoga now is becoming a mainstream class offered in churches. That's, that's big in emerging uh, circles. Uh, I heard Rob Bell and Doug Padgett both recently speak about how yoga is so transforming. To empty yourself out when we should be filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit and the Bible and thinking on these things. We're emptying ourselves so we don't think of anything. (laughs) Rob Bell went as far, and he's an emergent leader from, from Michigan, to say that we should listen to the message of the yoga masters. Now, wait a minute. I, I know uh, about that. And yet his congregation seems to, to buy into this because many of them have no church backgrounds. You, got to, you can have a big congregation, but it depends on what kind of gospel you preach when you get them there. Yeah. I'll take 10 people who will turn the community upside down Amen. to the glory of God over 1,000 who will sit there, do nothing, and never, ever make it to heaven. We want those 10 that will go out and actually evangelize with the gospel, not with a false counterfeit. Exactly. I, it reminds me of a sermon I heard here in this area by a Hispanic preacher who was talking about uh, what is a live church. And he said, we often think a live church is a church that just has lots of activities going on. He said, the other day I opened the newspaper and here is a major denomination in our city and they're offering yoga classes, transcendental meditation classes, and all kinds of Eastern Oriental mystical things right. that uh, have spiritual significance to them. They're not just uh, neutral. And he says, lots of activities going on. But he says, it's just spiritually dead. He said, folks, it reminds me when I was a kid and living in Mexico, once a week we went to grandma's house and we looked forward to it on Sunday because she had chickens and we got meat once a week. And she would go out in the backyard and she'd grab a chicken and she would pop her wrist and pop that chicken's head off and it would run all over the yard. So it was the lightest, most active chicken in the yard and it was the deadest. (laughs) Now, brother, that preach. That that is great. That is great. Let me write that down real quick. New sermon title, Dead Chickens Will Preach. Dead chicken that's real active, you know. It's just, it's it's a lack of discernment that that people just don't seem to understand that something like yoga and this sort of thing has spiritual significance to it. It most certainly does. No doubt about it. And, And those who have brought this into our culture and now it's seeped its way into the church. Hey, if a church doesn't stand for for good doctrine, if we don't have a standard that is the Bible being the truth we follow and the only truth we follow, this other stuff's going to make it in the door. That's just that simple. And, and I, I'm reminded of this, uh, uh, I think it was a, I don't know, uh, I guess it's not a novel, but it was a sort of self-help book, The Celestine Prophecy. Wasn't that a New Age type book? And I saw Christians everywhere reading this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you take a look at the, the reading for, I, I was in a, a, a well-known national chain print shop recently, a whole book case, or book rack there of self-help books. I went down through them and I went, I can find one Christian there mm-hmm. throughout all these books and the rest of them, every one of them, I could name to you as somebody that has adopted Eastern philosophies and put it in a Western context, a mm-hmm. New Ager. 
And so this is the stuff that's being sold to us as the way to control the problems or the things in our life to get what we want, to think and grow rich ideas. Oh, yeah. The idea that we can, we're going to make it through life and be more popular people and be more powerful around people by using these techniques. So yeah. it works. Yeah, I'd like... But let's never forget, atomic bombs work just because they work doesn't make it right. You know, <laughs> that seems to be the, the theme that you've, and you've talked about the New Age and emergent. All these, everything seems to go back to the sin that Adam and Eve committed when Satan said, you will be like gods. Everything that you've said about it is, is replaces God with us. That's exactly right. That's, and we, that's we buy exactly, into that. That's we exactly right. That. I think the five major doctrines, even though New Agers would never claim to hang to doctrine, but the five major belief systems inside the New Age come right out of Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, the fall of mankind, starting with the very first uh, trans-channeling or mediumship or seance in history. Yeah, yeah well, the devil possessed the body of a serpent and spoke to oh, okay. Eve okay. the same as a medium gives over the use of his body to a spirit to speak to people today. I mean, that's the first um, seance we've ever seen that we see in recorded mm-hmm. history. And that's where the lie came from, just like the same lie is being perpetrated today in New Age. Several centers. years ago, I read a New Age book that just astounded me. It talked about how the fact that, uh, that uh, the masters of the universe have been channeling uh, to uh, New Age philosophers. And one of the things they've told them is a time is coming in the very soon future when those who live by faith will be taken out so that those who live by reason can continue in their evolutionary development and develop the world and the earth and all this. And I thought, man, this is going to be a new age explanation of the rapture. Oh, most certainly. I mean, the devil reads the Bible. (laughs) The devil knows (laughs) the Bible. And they'll be able to say, hey, we we told you this back in 1970. We told you this in 75. This is what happened. Yeah. The devil's a Bible expert, no doubt about it. Look at the most famous trans-channeler in modern history is Jay-Z Knight. But the name of the demon she channels, Ramtha, is more famous than her. I mean, she's been doing that for over 30 years. I saw a clip on YouTube recently when she's on the Merv Griffin show, and she's talking to Merv Griffin as herself, and they go out to break and come back, and Rampa has shown up while they're at break. And this is a man's voice now speaking out of this woman's body. Now, whether it's fake or not, it's just like Saul in 1 Samuel 28. Yes. He went to the witch at Endor. Whether that was Samuel or not that spoke to him, he died the next day for even trying to contact right. the spirit realm. Folks, we're not to be involved contacting any spirit in the spirit realm except the Holy Spirit of God. Thank and you. all other spirits that do not confess Jesus Christ as Lord, whether they be angels or spiritual beings, they are demonic spirits. They're counterfeits. And our world today is loaded with people looking for anything. They think a spiritual experience validates the idea that it must have come from God and must be good. They've forgotten or didn't know that Satan comes as an angel of light. Welcome back to our interview with Eric Barger, who is the founder and director of Take a Stand Ministries. I like that uh, <laughs> that name, and we t- we desperately need to do that in yes, this we band do. Time. I Take agree. a stand. Now, Eric, uh, I heard an expert on the New Age movement recently make a startling statement, and I want to read it to you because I want to get it right. He said, "The largest church in the world is preaching New Age philosophy, and the pastor of that church is Oprah Winfrey." What do you mean by that? Well, she is the most influential New Ager out there, by far the most famous New Ager. 
uh, 10, 12 years ago, I began to make off-the-cuff statements in my seminars that Oprah was a new ager, and I took a lot of heat for it. Is that right? Phone calls, letters, and then later on, when email became popular, emails uh, <laughs> telling me, no, Oprah's a Baptist, you know, and people defending her. These are Christians defending her. And I'm, I'm going, no, what Oprah is teaching is new age, and eventually we'll all know. And now we do know. Because well, she just finally came out of the closet. Completely completely come out of the closet this year. And, and I want to preface anything we say now or anything we've said about the emergent church and others, the last show we were talking about, the last program. This is not about good person versus bad mm-hmm. person. This is about truth versus error. And that's what apologetics is. It's a study of what truth is against what error is. And it's not that we hate anybody. We're praying for Oprah. I pray for Oprah Winfrey nearly every day that she would be saved. And think about the impact she could have. And, and I, I found that people often respond to any criticism of her by saying, look at all the good work she does. And yeah. she does a lot of good works. I remember in, when I first put the, together the new DVD that's got the information about Oprah on it. It has video clips of her. It, including the one where she talks about why she abandoned Orthodox Christianity. I said to my wife, how can you say anything bad about her? Look what she does for people. And denied that Jesus is the only way to God. I own her program. She's arguing with two audience members saying that there couldn't possibly be just one way. There are millions of ways. That was her exact words, you know. This is a headline from USA Today. We'll probably put this up on the screen. Cultural agenda is set by Oprah, not religious leaders. And that's true. It is true. It is true. And in this particular survey, it was a Pew and religious are the, uh, you probably have to scratch that. It's the U.S. Religious Landmark Survey, Landscape Survey, a poll of 35,000 Americans. And it was taken by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life. 70% of the people in the poll said that many religions can lead to eternal life, and only 24% of the people in the poll said their religion was the only way, and there could have been Muslims or Mormons now, or others recently, in that poll. Oprah has really begun to actively and aggressively teach New Age philosophy, right? She, and this shows what, this is exactly the point Not only on this. TV, but mainly on, on the satellite radio, right? Satellite radio and the internet, but now on TV. She's Who coming are some out of the, the gurus closet. she's using? Well, Eckhart Tolle and his book, A New Earth, she made him an instant millionaire. He was a well-known New Age yeah. author before, but he is not the only one she's had on there. She promoted and and really brought out to the public the book The Secret uh, three years or so ago. And all you would have to do is go to the websites of the authors of The Secret to see what this was. It was a mix of the Kabbalah and Gnosticism and Rosicrucianism, and she helped to promote that idea. She's also had on her XM satellite radio channel a lady named Esther Hicks, who is a trans channeler, who channels several entities who all call themselves Abraham. They're different to her. Now, this must be confusing at Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Several Abrahams. To have several Abrahams, but that's one. And this lady's also been on our TV show now. And Oprah has probably done more to, to promote the, the, the old New Age philosophy of A Course in Miracles than yes. anybody else. Yes. Because she's brought Marianne Williamson to her website and to her TV set. Now, Marianne Williamson is doing a devotional every day during 2008 on Oprah's XM radio network that came right out of the Course in Miracles. And Marianne Williamson has written a book about it. She's a unity minister, by the way, which is not a Christian denomination. Uh, It's a a cult my mother was involved with for 25 years before she got saved and then Mm -hmm. tragically passed away. But... So I know all about unity, and that's Oprah is promoting this. this well, I know book for a long time course. there, Oprah continued to say she was a Christian, but does she even claim that anymore? Do you know? She doesn't claim that at all. Yeah. 
You know, she doesn't claim it at all. And she's she's bringing the heaviest hitters in the New Age movement. And I remember she also made the comment that uh, her crisis of faith came when she went to church one Sunday and heard the minister say that God, the true God of the universe, is a jealous God. She said, if he's a jealous God, I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah, she said, God is jealous of me. And I come into people, I'll play that clip in my seminars and go, I guarantee you, God is not jealous of Oprah. <laughs> but, you know, that God, she had this opinion that God is jealous of her, you know. And she said that she opened her mind, and then she turns in that clip to Eckhart Tolle, because this is from their web teaching. They did 10 Monday nights in a row, Eckhart Tolle and her. Now, Tolle is a German mystic who Mm -hmm. lives in Vancouver, British Columbia, who changed his name to Eckhart. He was born Ulrich Tolle. Changed his name. Well, I didn't know that. Because he wanted to be connected forever with the 14th century occult mystic named Meister Tolle, or Meister Eckhart, sorry. Huh. I mean, that's how deep this guy is. He's into all kinds of mysticism. And he he says, the first thing when you ask him his influences, he says, of course, in miracles. And that's something, a common theme throughout all these New Age leaders and authors today. But here's Oprah turns to him and says, says to him, so if your God is a believing experience, it's really not God because God is a feeling experience and not a believing experience. And folks... If you go on your feelings, you'll be deceived. If you go on the absolute truth of God's Word, you will never be deceived. Amen, brother. Preach it. Amen. (laughs) Eric, the Bible says that uh, in the end times, right before the return of Jesus, we're going to enter into a period of great deception. And uh, it seems to me that we're in that period. And it seems to me that one of the greatest needs in the church today is discernment. How can a person become a more discerning Christian? Because all of us are capable of being deceived. How can we be more discerned? There is no shortcut for sound Bible study. Uh, There's no shortcut for the preaching of the Word of God. Uh, I say enough with the programs, enough with the spin doctors from the pulpit, that we come back and teach the Word of God to our people because, uh, as you said privately to me, there is a famine of the Word, and there is a famine of the gospel today amongst our people. I'm talking about in evangelical circles, places that say they believe the Bible. Let's preach the Word of God. Enough of the programs. Come back to the Word. Look at what's happening in the lives of the people and tell me there's not a need. it's not just the responsibility of the preacher or the teacher. It's a responsibility of each of us as Christians to study. You know, you're talking about what what my colleague Dennis Pollack used to call the five-letter dirty word, study. Yeah, yeah. And people just don't want to make the... Well, that's because we've allowed television and everything else to get in our way. And but they can watch this show. Right? We're, yeah, we're not against, obviously we're not against TV. We got my DVD sitting here, and we're on TV right now. That's not the the point. Is that that we've forgotten maybe what the on off button does? We let everything else get in our way. We let. Uh, uh, oh, I'm going to get on somebody. We let Sunday morning soccer tournaments get in our way. Mm-hmm. We let all this other stuff get in our way from being, first of all, constant in the church, but maybe more important, constant in the Word of God. If you had to look at what's the most important thing, knowing the Word, because from there, everything else emanates that we're supposed to be. Well, the bottom line is you just can never become a discerning Christian if your only spiritual experience is one hour a week in su- on Sunday morning. That just <laughs> Never forget when I was a youth pastor, I had a, a distraught mother come to me and say, my son is doing all this stuff, and can't you do something? 
something about him, I'll say, ma'am, I only have him for an hour on Friday nights. I cannot replace what the school system has taught him, yeah. what his friends have done to him, where, what is happening in the home. I mean, she looked at me like, uh, I thought I thought you were the problem fixer, the problem solver yeah. for my son's problem. And it's the same with us as adults. When I first became acutely aware of this problem of discernment was when uh, the Barna Poles began to, uh, began to read those concerning yeah. freshmen in evangelical colleges and universities coming out of evangelical churches who could not even name the four Gospels or name two of the Apostles. Yeah. You don't dare ask them where Philemon is. You a- yeah. 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 And you ask them, I mean, you begin to wonder, what are they doing in these churches? Just weenie roast? Yeah. Yeah. You, it makes you wonder. And that's, that's part of it. That is certainly part of it. But this is also the era we live in. Uh, we live in the time when the Apostle Paul said to the Thessalonians that the mystery of iniquity would abound. Yes. That is a the mysterious, occultic, direct affront to the Word of God. That's what those words mean. The mysterion of anomia, mystery of iniquity. Mm-hmm. When he said that, there's something behind that. When the occult rises up, and I have a, a whole DVD and message about this, when we see the rise of the occult, we know that's a prophetic sign that has to happen just before the return of the Lord. At the same time, there is going to be this famine of the Word of God, where we have a lot of people that have a form of godliness but deny yes. the power thereof. Yes. We see these things. So I just, to the Christian, to the pastor, to the Sunday school teacher, uh, examine what you're going to present to the people. Examine what you take into your heart. It's fine to read other books in the Bible, but if the Bible isn't being read, do you really have any time to read another book? Well, it seems to me like the bottom line is test everything. Test it by the Word of God. Amen. And if you don't know the Word of God, you can't test it, but you've got to test it. The fact that a person gets up and who is smooth and charismatic and dynamic and uh, can speak well and mentions Jesus' name a whole lot of times does not necessarily mean that he is teaching the truth. And maybe 90% of what he's saying is absolutely true. But it's just that 10% that's so off base. And you've got to test it. Paul complimented the Bereans for testing everything that he taught by the Word. And he was an apostle of God. How much more should they test what you teach and what I teach? Oh, I invite people. I say this so often when I'm preaching. uh, To test what I'm telling you. To test what I'm teaching. To test what I've got on the screen behind me in my my seminars. To test what I'm saying. And if you do, you're going to come out on the other head being more aware. You're going to come out more biblically sound. We need Christians who will test through the Word of God. Use the Word of God as the strainer to to strain everything through. Now, we're going to get into this. Well, brother, you have got some wonderful materials on your website that you have produced to help people be more discerning. So would you just look into that camera and tell people how they can get in touch with your website? Uh, I, I appreciate that. It's ericbarger.com, E-R-I-C-B-A-R-G-E-R.com, of course, www. And for those of you who don't have web access, you can call us at 214-289-5244. We'd be glad to send you an informational packet. Mention that uh, telephone number one more time. It's 214 289 Five two four four, and that's our office line. Just leave a message. If we don't answer, we'll call you back. And you have quite a variety of materials of videos and uh, pamphlets and so forth that they can uh, order. We'll, we'll send a free packet of information with oh, some good. past newsletters and that kind of thing. Well, that's, that's great. Well, Eric, I, I want to thank you again for uh, being on this program. And uh, you know what? I'd like to ask you to come back for a fourth week. Would you be willing to do <laughs> well, that? I started to say a minute ago, I'd love to get into the one more thing we're going to talk about here. Okay, because so. uh, I, I want to talk about many roads to God and some things like that. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Well, folks, uh, that's our program for this week. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. 
Today's program is included in a DVD album called Defending the Faith. All four of our half-hour programs with Eric Barger are included in this information-packed DVD. Few people can keep up with all the information and misinformation concerning cults and false religions. So now you can get authoritative, biblically solid teaching on these constantly changing topics. Eric has immersed himself in the study of the cults, and you could benefit from his 25 years of research. Purchase this DVD for yourself and for your church library as a great learning resource for home Bible study groups, Sunday school classes, family viewing, and individual study. Topics covered are the New Age movement, universalism, the emergent church movement, popular books with heretical teachings, apostasy in the church, the problem with doctrinal ignorance among Christians, and how to defend one's faith. This wonderful DVD album containing all of our programs with Eric Barger is available for a gift of $15 plus the cost of shipping and handling and can be ordered by visiting lambline.com or by calling the number on your screen. On our website, click on the TV Offers button. Defending the Faith is cataloged as D53. While on our website, look for the button to sign up for our e-newsletter and the electronic version of our Lamplighter magazine. The 20-page bi-monthly Lamplighter contains in-depth articles about Bible prophecy and editorials linking prophecy with current events. Our e-newsletter is sent out every other week and also focuses primarily on prophetic news and events. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 